Welcome in to the podcast. I'm your host, Ian Sork, joined by my co-host, currently out of town on business in New York City. Actually, no, you're not in New York City, are you? <laughs> but um, in New York, on business, I watch this one solo. You watch this one at your uncle's house in Long Island. Um, this is a fun one. Hour, over an hour of, and just, I'll go ahead and say, this is a uh, spoilers. Uh, spoilers will be talked about throughout this podcast. So if you haven't seen season eight um, or episode three, I would stop listening right now. Um, this was a fun one. There was over an hour of straight battle, battle scene. It was one big battle scene, essentially. Not a little, not a lot of dialogue um, throughout the entire episode. Um, but I guess there was dialogue when it mattered. Um, we can get to all of it. I want to go over how the Night King died. I want to go over some of the scenes. I want to talk about some of our deaths, uh, some of our deaths, some of the deaths that occurred in the episode. Um, but first, did, did this episode meet your uh, expectations? They always do. They always do. I, uh, the only real beef that I would give any credibility Oh, that's getting some play on on Twitter, and it's been funny. Is is the darkness? Yeah. Um, some people made the joke because I guess the, the you know the directors responded and said that they wanted to make it realistic, but there's dragons and magic. <laughs> but I mean that's that's a, a given in the world. So I I actually I mean I thought it added. It was it was frustrating at times. I'll say that, but watching it the second time. I think I had a little bit of more appreciation for, you know, I, I saw what they were going for. Cause I mean, if you've ever been not in the city, you, there's no light pollution. It's dark. You can't see anything. And the night King was doing stuff with, with weather that we'd never seen him done before. So I, I thought it added to the, the spooky horror thing that they were going for. Yeah. hundred percent. No, the dark, the darkest thing was, I mean, part of it was I think they wanted us to feel how the characters felt. Like they couldn't see anything. Danny and John were in the in the sky, really trying to use the dragons as effectively as they could, but they couldn't see anything. Um, so no, that was definitely. I mean, luckily I, I turned off all the lights here and uh, you know threw the brightness on a little bit, which helped. Um, yeah, I could I could definitely. Um, see that one thing for me is um it definitely met my expectation and i think thrones as it's so good that i guess you're expecting more um because i don't think people realize too is like the challenge of an hour of straight battle can get boring and um well i mean the ending which we'll talk about um, I guess what they did do a good job of is, is I guess, a lot. I mean, each character, all the, a lot of the main characters, at least, all had their moments throughout the episode. Some more important than the others. Um, and yeah, I just think they did a good job. They, of highlighting yeah, that. they they talked so, about that. They talked about that in the director's cut. How they, because I mean, it'd never been done as far as that long. 
and they they knew that they had to do something to keep people engaged which i think perhaps a a bit of naivety on their part that no matter what they did we wouldn't be locked in <laughs> but yeah i got what they're going like they gave the tension the first 10 15 minutes i mean we were like you know like i i felt like i was there and you could just feel oh, yeah. you could feel the tension in the air and then Melisandre comes in with a little bit of hope that's dashed she provides a little bit of hope later um so no i mean they had these pockets and and you know the i think uh, a really big scene that was like a break of it was when arya was was trying to hide in the stacks yeah i thought that like was a completely different vibe almost no music if my memory serves me right um just very quiet watching her and then um basically after that scene she kind of goes away and that that played into what happened at the end but i'm sure we'll we'll get into that yeah to start out with this opening scene how did you feel about melisandre's entrance because i think we knew that she was going to have an important um important part in this story in the, in the rest of the, of the season um how did how do you feel about the way she she impacted it and then as well as just kind of how she just rode up out of nowhere in the dark so i thought it was pretty cool i mean i i didn't have any ideas we we had talked about the azora high prophecy and if that was going to play a part um you know i thought she she hasn't been a main character, but she's been a constant just factor, I guess would be the best way to put it, yeah. throughout the series. So I thought they, they did a good job of giving her an important role, a role that she had foreshadowed for years, and a, a nice send-off of a character that we didn't always love. Uh, I, don't, I wouldn't even say we love her after this, but I guess an appreciation for... There, there was reasoning behind everything that she did throughout, yeah. you know, whether we agree with it or not. Um, and it was, I thought one of, I thought her coolest scene last night was, because it was kind of a calling back for me to, um, what was, oh, bringing John back. And you saw how she had been rattled um, in her belief before that. And they asked her to do it anyway. Um, and she actually gave up and walked out of the room and he came back. And so when she was, what made me think of that, it was when she was trying to light the trench. Yeah. Um, and she had to repeat, you know, whatever the hell, hell she was saying. She repeated it about three, four or five times until it finally lit up. And again, that was one of those moments that gave them a little bit of hope it was cool for her, cool for them, but it wasn't, wasn't long, um, until the night King thwarted that as well. But I thought, I thought. She was there just enough, and they gave her a nice little send-off. Yeah, no, we can kind of talk about the back-and-forth part of this episode where there was a moment where you felt like there was some something to look forward to if you're the living, right? At the beginning, she lights all the Dorothraki swords. They go charging off into the dark, and we get this sky view of where Danny and John are, and it's... It gets kind of it gets dull real quick. I mean, you just see the the screams start to start to uh, hollow out, and the next thing you know, all the light that you see from where Danny and John are are gone, and it's like, okay, 
that was um I don't know how good of an idea it was to charge at them. I could see why maybe you thought that might be a good plan, but it um as far as I mean, because they're maybe the best fighters out there, arguably, um as as a collective bunch. Um and they got uh they got waxed pretty quickly. Um so the uh unsullied are getting just getting attacked by the dead, and it's a lot. It's piles. It's stacks. It's uh, it's not looking good. They realize very quickly that they have to retreat back into the castle. Um, and then Malisandra comes up clutch because there's a few different people who tried to light the fire, and it just wasn't working out. They were shooting boat. They were shooting arrows at it. Um, the cool, I guess, the cold, um, you know, was just was offsetting it. Um, and, you know, yeah, we see Lady Mormont die, which she's, I thought she played an excellent role in the show and her dying uh, while killing a giant to me was, was pretty great. Um, but the big thing for me that I want to talk to you about was the bear Dondarian and the hound helping Arya escape in that moment, because um, I thought his death and the way they wrapped up his character was, was pretty was well done. Um, Absolutely. Did you have any? It thoughts? almost like just thinking about it again right now. It's funny because I mean you, we hear Melisandre say he was brought back for a reason. You actually go back the last time we see him die, which we have to assume is the last time he was brought back, which I think was the sixth time he was brought back. The Hound is the one that killed him. So, like, yeah. even further meaning that they were in a duel and they probably wouldn't have brought the Hound back if he, if he killed him. But the Hound kills him, he comes back, and those two together are the ones that end up, um, you know, helping her live to fight another day or in, a, in another half hour and, and end up, <laughs> you know, dealing the final blow to the Night King. So, no, it was... It was so many people along the way, like it wasn't just Arya alone, right? I mean, there's so many, which, you know, we'll probably get into more detail of this as we go through the episode, but really it wasn't just her. I mean, it was a culmination of a lot of people helping her, and it was cool to see those two, with Melisandre, be there yeah. to, to help her. No, it was. I mean, we, we, and we'll talk about, actually, no, we can, we can just do it now, because, I mean, that, that um that scene when they're when they're stuck in the room and they had just gotten away from the dead and Melisandre goes, What do we say to the, the um you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it's what do we say to the god of death? And Arya saying, Not today. I think it was just a great way to set up what she was about to do and then kind of take her storyline and her character all the way back to the beginning training in season one which is what um i can't remember the name of, of the guy who's teaching her how to fight with the sword way back that's what he told her so no i i mean this season so far has been a lot about everything coming full circle absolutely it certainly was um we had some dragon fighting the dragons really didn't do that much they weren't really able to play much of a part i mean they killed um, they killed a lot of dead just because, man <laughs> they did. I did. They did. I think. But there was there was some times though when you were like, um, you know, they should probably be here. 
and I guess that could have been the, the entire time because there were so many dead. So you're probably you probably have something, something. Uh, there's probably something, something, something for that. Um, they did. They John did Dan- knock off. They did knock off the Night King from his dragon, which is where I was going to go. Which is where it was going next. Yeah, and you know, John lands, and Rhaegal, Danny's one of Danny's dragons, is messed up. I think he lives, but he's pretty messed up. And the next thing we see is John running at the Night King. The Night King pulls a slick one and right dead again. And now, I mean, there's moments throughout this episode where I didn't think, I don't know how anybody was going to survive. I was like, I don't know how anybody here is going to figure this one out because Theon and, and his team and the guys that are with him were just getting axed. Just the number of dead were was just it was too much. They were just far outnumbered, and it was going to be very difficult. Um, and then we get that we, I mean, really the the next big uh, scene to me, um, I and mean, we can talk about Jorah's death with Theon defending Bran. That was that was a big moment. Um, what did you think of the way that they wrapped up? his storyline and that's in that scene. I was talking to a guy today at the conference and uh, it's, you know, we're prisoners of the moment, but it's hard to think of a show that, and again, only a TV show can do this where you have so much time that you can spend on so many different characters. And you look at Theon's arc where, you know, we meet him, and there's there's no reason for us not to like him. You know, he's one of he basically one of Stark's sons. You know, he's living with them, but not an actual son. Um, but he, you know, doesn't he hasn't done anything to anybody, and he's, you know, looking back, we probably should have sympathized with the situation more. You know, his dad cast him off basically, and then didn't want him back, and he never really felt like a part of anything, and. Then the Ramsey, <laughs> the Ramsey season where he turns into Reek, you re- like that's you know we hated him because of what he did. To the, he didn't really do it to Bran, but he you know he was, he was I mean he right. was even bad at being a villain. But it was like all right, f this guy, right? And then we um, definitely sympathize him when he's getting tortured. And then since then we really you know he's just either done good things or you saw the the lasting effects of what Ramsey did to him and again you can sympathize with that so for him to go out as a hero and you know get a thank you from his basically little brother um who people a lot of people thought he killed um I think that was big it was cool and I don't know about his uh I don't know what he was thinking just charging the guy but I guess he that was tough. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess he was just running at it. Yeah, I don't know was, what else he would do. This was uh, maybe try to take out some of yeah, the, the this... dead until the the Night King walked up to him. I mean, he was dying anyway, right? Um, unless yeah. he ran away and freaked out like Reek. But it was nice to see him finally get over that. Um, so no, another another cool cool scene for a character that's been there from the start. Absolutely. Um, so, I mean, at this point now, we, you know, John is being, he, John's trying to get the brand. The Syrian is just coming down hard on the entire 
Castle is just getting destroyed. Um, and he wasn't going to be able to get there. We, we, are, we were predicting that he was going to have to be there um, at some point, but that didn't work out. They show shots of Jamie and Pod and Brienne, and they're all just being swarmed by the dead. And it's just – it's not looking good. Um, and then really – they couldn't. I don't think they could have made those final, those two minutes more suspenseful. Walking over to Bran, um, very very suspenseful two minutes. And as of course, as he walks up, and like we all saw, he's about to pull up the sword, and out of nowhere, you see Arya leaping right at him. Catches she catches her by the throat, and then she pulls the same move that she pulled on Brienne earlier. This I think in season seven when they were practicing. Very very early in the season, when they they meet yeah, for the first early. time basically and do a little tr- sparring sesh. Yep. Yeah. Same move. And drops the knife on purpose and. Just gets him right where, right where she needed to, I believe, right in the center, right in the heart, essentially. I don't know if it needed to be there. That was just, I think, more symbolism. I think it was just maybe, 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 but um, maybe, maybe you're right. Regardless, but no, I mean, and and then and then we see them all. They all start to blow up. They all die. They, everything's. I mean, at this point, all the dead are, are falling, and Arya saves the day. Um, I'll just kind of thoughts on how you think they uh, they did that. I actually want to, before I go through, I want to hear, don't talk about the scene, but we'll, you know, have you thought about the Night King's fatal flaw? Why did he fail? Did you, did you think about that? Because, I mean, he had every, I boiled it down to one reason because they talked about it so much in the director's cuts. Um, what, what do you think? Why, like, what do you think he he did to fail? Um, because he, he had absolutely no reason to not take the – I mean, he had the numbers. He had the surprise element. He had everything, right? And he, he didn't get it done. No, he didn't. Um, he's been kind Very. of arrogant throughout the entire series. I mean, that's – I mean, at the end of the Battle of Hardhome – Season five, you know, he's sitting there and, and he just shows off to John as they're sailing away. Rises, rises everybody up. Um, so, I mean, I think if I had to boil it down to one thing, it was just pure, pure arrogance. And he had no other reason to not believe that he would not kill the Night King, uh, kill Brent. I mean, I, I, you know, the living all thought that their, that their days were done and, throughout the episode is are they really just going to end it like this to where the Night King just wipes out everybody I mean I really thought that could be a possibility I'm just like I don't know how they're going to get out of this and then of course Arya the one who's been training for this training to be to kill to kill people in, in this type of fashion right I don't know about the the jump was kind of shocking like she jumped off a trampoline but yeah I don't know where she came I mean I have to assume she came from the wall or the tree no, I agree. I mean, arrogance, and they made a point um, 
maybe it was said in the show as well, but definitely in director's cuts. And maybe, I mean, every, it might've been all three also like videos and podcasts that we listened to. Like he was a like showman or drama queen for lack. Not, I mean, not drama queens, not no, he was, word, but like he was a showman. He wanted to show off what, I mean, he wanted to flaunt. Correct. He flaunted. And, There's no uh, that's, that's really what, what got him. Um, in my opinion, as far yeah. as the scene itself, watching with Uncle James, he I think he went in thinking that Arya would be the one, but I it was definitely confirmed when we see when we saw her run out of the room, we're like, okay, where's she going? And I forgot about it. That's I mean I'll that's a I mean that's I, a beautiful actually, thing. That I they forgot did. it, and, they, and that's what they did about that battle. Yeah, correct. They you know they did that on purpose, and after about. Five, 10 minutes that she was gone, I was like, I think, I think you're definitely right, Uncle James. Because, like, why haven't we seen her in so long? They're making sure to show us that John, there's probably no way he's getting there. Um, no, like, no one else is getting there. Um, or even aware that the Night King is, you know, by the God's tree, God's wood. Um, just, I mean, it was, that was that was their little, you know, Easter egg or whatever to to, no, to say to tell us, like, yeah. oh yeah, by the way, that's where she went. So I thought um, the way she did it was cool. Um, again, so many moments harking back to to prior things that she had done and been trained and practiced and et cetera, et cetera. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that was just the culmination of everything she went through and the result of, of the night King being as arrogant as he was, um, you know, why, why you have to ask him, <laughs> why didn't you use the white, wa- why, why didn't you use the white walkers? Tough, yeah, tough press conference. <laughs> <laughs> why didn't you use the white walkers? Um, you know, why were you baited into, fighting the two dragons. But yeah, I mean, it was just overconfidence all around. Um, Cool, cool way to go out. No, I mean, yeah. I should say cool way to offer. I was, yeah, cool way to offer, definitely. I mean, he... Especially... uh, The way way it was shot, too, because, I mean, they really surprised you with her because... I was going to say, everyone would expect... Like, you, you... Everyone was expecting John, and then you didn't really expect anybody to show up in that moment. Like there was no, there was no moment where you're watching him walk up, cover, and they're just surrounded by a bunch of White Walkers and the dead, and you're just like, yeah, this is a wrap. Like this, this is a four row sweep. This is a wrap. It was done. It was, and you know the image is taking the sword out, and she just jumps out of the darkness and. Gets it done. No, it was, it was, uh, was it there was really also, cool. I mean, it was, I think what helped is it wasn't totally hopeless because we, I, I wasn't under the assumption that, like, you know, Brand could die and it, you know, they could still win. You know, like, they wouldn't have a three out Raven, but like, there was nothing telling us if he kills Brand, it's over, right? Whereas, if they kill the Night King, it's, you know, the rest of them go, you know? So it was like, yeah, it, that's it's true. Still like, he, no, it's I, I, like, 
he very well could have died right there. Um, but it didn't look good for him, and nothing, nothing else. I guess why nothing I, else looked good for yeah. them either. So, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. The the fact that uh, she kind of came out of nowhere there when there, there was no like all possibilities are still on the table, even though we, you know, as viewers expected him to die. Um, it was more of a matter how. It still felt like yeah. It's, are, it still felt like me, more people could go with him. Let me um. Let me get. I guess up for my fault. Are you satisfied with the way that the Night King died? Are you satisfied with the way that it happened this episode and the fact that really throughout since the very first episode, the White Walkers and the Dead have played a part. Has played out in the fact they wrapped this up in one episode and I thought that they would and I predicted that not saying like that's a you know a big win for me because it was either they wrapped it up this episode or they didn't so I had a 50-50 shot on that um but are you surprised at the way that they wrapped this up and that it's satisfying because I mean I felt like yeah it was a great it was awesome it was great and I think I think we have to watch the entirety. I mean, I think this question, I think we'll be able to answer this question maybe after the series is over to understand how everything unfolds. Um, but for now, did this episode and the way the Night King ended up dying satisfy you? No, I am. I mean, I think I've been pretty consistent in our preview and reviews of this season. I felt like with six, even though the last four were all 78 plus minutes, I felt like they were go- like I I felt like the Night King saga would end early, and it ended mm-hmm. halfway um, because there were so many other things that we needed to get to. He was always a character that he was omnipresent for us, not so for the rest of the characters, and we really only got pieces and glimpses of him. So for me, for him to go out all in one episode, albeit the longest, I'm, I, I, that's what I thought they would do. You know, I, I was not on point with predictions of shit, you know, that was going to happen, but them ending it in episode three, I was on board for that. And I think that leaves enough time to explore what goes down with Cersei. I think. The tweet, if I, you know, if I'm to predict how it's going to play out from here, not like actual what's going to play out, but you sent a tweet from a quote from the director of three, yeah, that three, four, and five are a well, it was horror something genre, um, where three was the beginning, four was the middle, yeah. and five was the end. My guess yeah. is, my guess is four, we see the aftermath. So that's the, the the aftermath of all the dead bodies, them having to regroup the emotional toll. You know, they probably that. haven't. It hasn't set in that they killed the Night King. It hasn't set in all the people that they lost, um, and it probably hasn't set in that they need to go do this other thing as well. And my guess is for four, we'll see all that, and we'll see Cersei, you know, in the sun and. Hearing how you know they they they're gonna live at least to, to fight this battle, and then five we get that battle and a lot of these other things that we're hoping to see like Click Lane Bowl and if Arya or Jamie or Tyrion, which he actually had a line in this one that maybe he'll go down there and kill her himself. Um, 
we had that in this. That was a episode. sneaky. Let me let me break. That was a sneaky good scene with Arya and not Arya, Sansa and Tyrion. Well, that was trip. actually with Jamie, I believe. Maybe that no, was the last episode. No, that was this past one. It was um, when he when uh, Tyrion kissed her hand in the crypt. It was no, no, I'm saying how he said he's gonna kill Sir. Killer. Oh yeah, no, it's it's very. I mean, it's likely. Um, and you can see that. I mean, there was that moment last night when Sansa, who's still, even though there's this, you know, battle for the living versus the dead, she's still playing the Game of Thrones. She's still in the, you know, I think she the quote was, you know, I think Tyrion was saying that he was the best of them as far as who she married or, yeah. Yeah, he's the best of them as far as who she married. Uh, and that, you know, if it wasn't for Danny, then he wouldn't have to choose between he, um, between mm-hmm. Sansa and, and Masande didn't like that. Masande didn't like that at all. So I mean, it just kind of showed where Sansa was at. Meanwhile, there's you know casual battle going on right above their heads. Um, my question to you now, um, which is interesting, because what what purpose does Bran now have that the Night King is dead, and that's kind of been his entire really been his purpose for the past couple seasons um at least the past last season seven he wasn't in six but his quest to become the three-eyed raven and ultimately play a part in defeating the night king when he really didn't do much i mean he warbed and became a bird for a little bit besides that i mean i think he can be an asset for i think he can but i think it's just interesting how they've built it up you know and maybe it was just he was there so that he could tell them when it's going to happen and, and be there for other instructional purposes, like you're saying. So. Yeah. I don't, I don't see him playing a huge part. Uh, I mean, in wars he can, cause he can war, right. I mean, he can send Ravens. I don't think Cersei has that. So that's, you know, he could be an advantage there for the Danny Stark faction. Um, I think he's, I mean, his, his major activity, I think is definitely, you know, ran his course. Um, but I think he can still be used. I'm interested, you know, you brought up Bran in the Night King, but we also have John. I mean, for so long, that's been his role in this. That's so true. Yeah, um, that's all he's cared about. And, you know, but think about this is... They, you know, he was he was brought back by the Lord of Light for what reason? He wasn't the one that killed the Night King. You know, he played a role, so maybe he did serve that purpose. But was he actually brought back to sit on the Iron Throne? No, it's, and that's that's it's a great like, it's a great question. I th- I love that they wrapped up Night King because I think we need three episodes to see the Varys and Tyrion. And how they yeah. how they advise or what they've been doing behind the scenes because we have not seen any of that. We haven't seen very um, how they're operating behind the scenes, how they operate to Danny and you know face to face. How Danny and John play this thing out. How Sansa is not giving up the North, and if they you know, my guess is they beat Cersei, but perhaps this is the battle where like, they I, really I feel like, like we're gonna be in. 
Because, I mean, I feel like there was a lot of people who were expecting some big, like, whoa moment where you finish the episode and you, like, needed a day or two to, like, take it in. Because, I mean, I'm talking, like, Red Wedding, Purple Wedding, like, something mind-blowing that was going to happen. My buddy brought up this good hypothetical that what if the Night King would have walked up the brand and just kneeled, and then you saw all the all the all the dead just kneeled the brand, and then it ended, which would have been pretty wild. And I'm thinking to myself, like, dang, I guess they could have done a lot with the Night King. They could have done more. Um, but to what we've talked about, yeah, I, I'd say that they've done wrapping the story up in this episode probably good because now we actually get to play, we get to see the Game of Thrones now take into effect. And I feel like there's been, you know, part of the there's there's some fans who have gone back to the book and referenced a bunch of things. But that 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 I mean, there's a reason why that's called the Song of Ice and Fire, and which has its, its components throughout the series. But the name of the show is Game of Thrones, so that that's what we're gonna get. Um, my thoughts, possibly. But how interested are you in? learning how Jamie now navigates through all this because he just fought in this battle with his enemies, so to speak. Yeah. And now he's going to be in a position where he's got to figure out what to do. Um, that could be a bittersweet thing that they do. Because, um, I mean, that was what I think a couple of actors, you know, a couple of the actors have said it's going to be bittersweet. We don't know what, I mean, perhaps they're referring to a bunch of things, right? Where we've come, you know, Jamie really hasn't been a villain since season two, maybe three, right? Like, you know, he really yeah. hasn't done anything. We actually found out he was really a good guy, just a smart ass. And he was, you know, held captive and he said, <laughs> Shitty things to in people, a, but in a bit arrogant, right? Yeah. But we've come to see that he, you know, he's not his sister. Even though you could say he's guilty by association, that's 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 really the only bad thing he's done since, um, since he pushed Bran out the window. Correct. Yeah. So perhaps he, you know, flips on them and goes back. I, I, you know, I want to think that he was with them. Um, he's with Tyrion and I want to say like their conversations with each other have brought him over to their side like you, you know the one on the steps where he said you always knew what she was you didn't care you loved her anyway but I could I could see him flipping but I, you know I'd, I'd probably give it like a, a 65-35 that he that he stays with with Danny and John and, and the Starks um it is. I mean, because it isn't like just some normal battle. It's like, yeah, we were fighting a bunch of zombies. They were all about to be dead, right? And it's just, it's going to be so interesting. This next episode, like, I was trying to think about what could come next and how they're going to set this up and how Euron's going to play a part in in this as well. Um, you got to think that Danny's. I mean, she still has two dragons. They don't have a big army. Um, but as far as who could help them out, I can't. I can never remember the guy she left in Marine, the guy who was her side piece there for about a month. 
he may have to come to the rescue. Um, the Golden Company wants five for the Targaryens, so that's something to think about. And no, I, I think it's going to be a very interesting last few episodes. Um, and we're going to see what happens. I know we didn't um, we didn't. You want to? You're about to run up one. on thirty minutes. You want to pause and keep going? Yeah, let's take a quick let's take a quick break. We'll be right back after this. Welcome back. Um, gonna finish up here with a little bit of predictions. Talked about what possibly could happen. Um, we finished that before we went to break. So we have this. Um, obviously, we had the scene in episode two with Sansa, Sansa, and Danny. And now that the dead are fe- defeated, John is still a Targaryen. So, and like you mentioned earlier, his entire purpose for basically two seasons now, going back to season five, actually, is defending the living and killing the dead. We know he's not much of a politician. And then we have Sansa who knows she wants the North to be independent. Kind of a problem now because Winterfeld's not really, you know, it's it's kind of depleted and uh, it's kind of crushed at this point. How do you see this this little trio trying to uh, navigate the aftermaths of the war and find some sort of way to either figure it out, reconcile, or do you think now? Do you think this, this this thing doesn't work at all, and it all just goes to shit? Um, I think they're gonna be they're gonna have some very intense scenes. Um, I thought it was interesting. I pointed out in episode two how both the convo with John and Danny and the convo with. Sansa and Danny were interrupted by basically cut off when it was getting to its climax of that conversation going one of, you know, multiple different ways, but probably not ending well. So we, we have to conclude both of those convos. But I, I honestly no. I, I honestly think we we might not see all of that until episode five or six because maybe maybe we do get in four where they you know they're dealing with the aftermath and they have these combos i just i feel like they might make us wait until the cersei you know the last war is fought um no that's my my thought is that we're gonna have all see we're gonna have all of the finale to deal with what plays out after they beat Cersei. That's that's my prediction. Um, and I, I'm going to hang on to what I said at the, the jump, which is some combo of John and Danny ruling or just smashing the thing. Winterfell gets to rule itself. I really believe, you mentioned it earlier, that a lot of things have come full circle. I think the show, in its you know at its core, is about the Starks being torn apart, ripped away from Winterfell, and them returning to rule over Winterfell um, together. So that's that's how I think it plays out. 
Danny, Danny. In that case, Danny doesn't get everything. I that still. He no, I think we're still in for a big surprise. I think we're in. We're, there's, there's going to be some huge betrayal. I think there's either going to be that. There's, there's going to be one of those moments where it's like, the red wedding. Maybe not to that degree because that's just in a, in a class of its own. Um, I, I think we're going to get something like that. I just, I don't know how it's going to happen, but the, I just, I don't know if it's going to be. There's no way it's going to be a happy ending. I know you've been calling me negative, Nancy, over the last couple of weeks. I just think it wouldn't be very Thrones for it to end that way. I do think that the, that the Starks can, in some way, get get what's theirs, right? And, and I think I think it's all gonna it's all gonna come together. Way, and I'm really excited to see how the writers do it. Uh, so, yeah, no, and, and I think one, th- one thing to you, what you said, which I wanted to piggyback off of was now Danny's kind of in a spot where she's never been, right? She's, she's, I mean, she still has Masande and she still has a gray worm, her hand who prior to the battle, she didn't trust that much, but really the person she's leaned on for the majority of the series outside of some moments there in season four and season five. Um, Jorah dying to me is going to be a big, big thing for her. And I'm not, I don't know if she's going to go unhinged, but I think we're going to see a more aggressive. I think we're going to see her become more aggressive as the show comes to a close. I, I like that take. I, I we didn't touch on Jorah's death, which I thought was also, pro- I mean, honestly, probably more more to it than the Lady Mormon and the Theon, which were great. But he had been at her side all along, even though he betrayed her in some aspect, or you know, unbeknownst to us until later on. Um, I mean, they talked about it in the director's cut quite a bit how they wanted to honor, you know, honor him, and how it was defending her in her probably most vulnerable state since the like Coliseum like scene. Um, yeah, which he was there for that one as well. So no, I, I like that take that she becomes a little unhinged. I don't, I don't want to confuse what I said with it again to being clean. You know, I just, I think they're they're going to win. I do think character like I just I I you know they talk about how George R. R. Martin which I mean, it's not the books but he's a you know he's been a whatever silent hand whatever you want to call it. George well, no I'm yeah. talking about the author how like just oh. things coming oh, yeah. full circle. I just started with the Starks being ripped apart. I just I think they'll they'll get it but I mean we. It, I made it sound very clean. Like Tyrion's a character that is almost universally loved. I, I think he dies. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it, you know, there's definitely conflict to be had. And I, I, I like your take that she's going to become a little unhinged, um, which I think has been an underlying little theme all along. No, it was, it was, it was, you know, you're, I'm on my father, 
and she was going to be different. And she, in the first few seasons, you know, she's freeing slaves and she's conquering, um, which she was very effective at um, in getting people to follow her because she always wanted to do the right thing. And then you saw her once she got into a position of power, whether it was burning the tollies, which I think was the beginning there and, and being ruthless when she thought was necessary, but as the viewers and as maybe as some of the characters within the show, such as Tyrion thought might've been too over the top. Um, what's, and you've seen what's, what's really interesting. Maybe we talked about it last time. Maybe we just talked about it since I want, I got, I just think it the, the, why I think Tyrion dies and it attaches to what you said about her becoming a little unhinged. Yes, he's made mistakes, but I feel like if we go back and look, every time she didn't listen to him, he was right, and every time she did, he was wrong. So it's like this this little thing that's been going along for a while where I think, she, you know, she, yeah. she still references that you're here for your mom. Like, she still values him. Um, and I think it was also key, perhaps – that Jorah said you should trust him, and then he ended up dying. That was one of their last conversations. Um, you know, speaking about Tyrion, I still don't know if that's going to be enough. Um, it's going to be interesting, for sure. Yeah, it's... I mean, we still have, what, 240 minutes of television left, 80-minute episode. I think this coming week is 80, and the last two are both 90, so an hour and a half. 78, um, I think. What, this weekend? Oh, uh, this coming Sunday's 78? I think it's 80, 78, 78. So about 240 minutes. Oh, really? Oh, I thought it was, I thought there was an hour and a half. Oh, well. Uh, still, a lot of, a lot of television. Um, you got to think, did you have anything else you wanted to, to touch on that I haven't brought up? Who kills Cersei? I don't know anymore. Because, I mean, here's one thing that we thought was going to happen for sure. We thought I was – I mean, I think all of us – I didn't think that there was no way that Brienne and Jamie would make it out of this alive. I thought one of them was for sure dead. And we got – I mean, all the main characters outside of Jorah, who have been there since the start, and Theon, I guess, the two big ones. But talking about the top top dogs, they're all there. Um, and you got to think that there's going to be something with Jamie and Cersei. So, and maybe, I mean, who knows? Maybe Arya does, does get Cersei, but after getting the Night King, I feel like... yeah. You know who you know who I have as a dark horse sleeper because it you know the we didn't read the books but from what we've heard from people who have the little brother definition of I think it's Valakar um, the the prophecy that yeah. she's killed by little brother yeah for me I think the the odds on favorite now is Tyrion because he's he's mentioned it as a joke. Multiple times, but then it could be 
the Greyjoy girl because it could all it could just mean little sibling. It doesn't have to be little brother. And she's That's she's fair. still alive. Theon left her. She's somewhere in the. In, it's a dark horse. You know, it would be. I'd get really good odds if I bet on it. I I, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, no, that's she's, a, she's out that's there, a... and I think she she has some role to play still. No, I agree. It might not be that. She definitely but. does. I'm interested. I mean, I'm interested to see if the well, the Dorn are kind of toast. I mean, they. I mean, I guess someone's ruling Dorn, but I mean, we saw mom and the daughter get locked up in the dungeon. Damn, I forgot um, about her. So I don't know who's what's going on at Dorn. I don't know if they're just a non-factor at this point. Um, no, it's uh, it's going to be an interesting one. There is no doubt about that. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm excited for episode four. I feel like if we don't get a Cersei deck, I feel like we've been waiting so long for that. That if they just left us there and she was somehow alive, I just feel like, I feel like that one's gonna have to happen. And whether it's Tyrion, Jamie, Arya, she's had her shine. Um, it's gonna be an interesting, interesting finish. Interesting is probably not enough, <laughs> but no, it's it's gonna be a fun fun. Definitely. End. Well, th- thank you for watching the. Uh, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening to the pod. We do appreciate it. This one was a little bit tougher because we um, were in different spots. So hopefully, the it's not spotty and, and it's clean for you to listen to. Um, I'm seeing Endgame tomorrow. I don't know when you're seeing it, but I'm stoked to see that tonight. Um, so we'll do baby. a. Are you really? Oh yeah. Good for you. Um, so we'll be back next week. I think I think I'll have watched enough of these uh, these playoff series. Well, I'll be able to do a little bit of a dive into what I think about what's going on with the playoffs. A nice finish yesterday with the Warriors and the Rockets. But thank you for listening, and we will talk to you soon.